o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in, everybody. Great to have you with us on this uh, PJ Show Wednesday, hump day, all downhill from here. We are uh, live, locked, and loaded on this uh, day. A lot going on, and a lot going on as far as uh, ECU sports and uh, other sports across Eastern North Carolina goes. John Gilbert uh, is here. We'll get to him in just a few moments. ECU Director of Athletics. Look forward uh, to having him on. Gavin Williams starting tonight in Cleveland, the Pirate Baseball alum. And uh, he's quickly ascended through the organization uh, to uh, make his Major League debut. And he'll do it tonight with a start against the Oakland Athletics. Great video put out today that uh, was there to uh, kind of wish him good luck from former Pirate players and Cliff Godwin, who was in uh, Cleveland. Uh, of course, the College World Series continuing. We've got uh, Wake Forest aiming to get to the final series. They will take on LSU uh, tonight. Speaking of baseball in uh, Greenville, 64th City Championship begins tonight. East Carolina... Auto and Truck Center hosts Kiwanis. Game one of their best of three series. That is coming up. Stalling Stadium and Elm Street Park. The first pitch is set for seven. Looks like the rain is going to hold off, so that is uh, still on. Uh, Clark will have more on uh, that and all the other uh, day's sports stories coming up in just a little bit. But we turn to the one and only John Gilbert, who is here in the studio for the second time in a week. Yes, thanks for having Great me. Great to see you. Yeah, good to see you. How are you? you? I'm excellent. It's a long time coming, so I've been we've been trying to get John Gilbert on the show for uh, really for, for for several weeks. So well, I'm glad gl- you're here today. Glad I'm finally here as well. Well, uh, so let's let's start with uh, so wrap up to the athletic season. Essentially, what's the uh, the state of the pirate nation and pirate athletics? Well, I, I, as we close out the year, I, I feel really good about where we are. Uh, you know, both on and off the field financially. Uh, you know, we've had our best revenue year that we've had in a, you know, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, fundraising is going exceptionally well. I, I think, uh, broad based competitively, uh, we're as good as we've been since I've been here. Uh, December 1 will mark, uh, five years for me. Uh-huh. And, and so if you look across the board on all the sports, uh, you know, we're starting to be a lot more competitive on the field. Uh, in the classroom, we had our best academic year uh, ever, uh, not counting COVID. Uh, right. So with yeah. uh, COVID, there were some uh, past fails and elevated. Uh, <laughs> I was a fan of that. The yeah, past yeah. fail, those were my favorite uh, You know, it's one of those, you, you look at it and you're, you know, you're happy for those that benefit from it. <laughs> but I also look and go, Hey, that's uh, that's not what this is about. Yes, that's right. Uh, but academically, we we've done really well, mm-hmm. uh, and and so uh, re- really pleased, and and uh, a, a lot to continue to work for uh, for the Pirates. I understand that some of the ground we're going to be tilling again that you might have covered when you had that great uh, sit down with Stephen last week. Uh, so some of that we probably will, but there's, you know me, I'm always going to take it yeah. in some directions. Yeah. So I've got you know some other things to ask you about our place in 
you know, the, the, the landscape and right. the conferences place. We'll get to all of that. Uh, this is going to be the, the fastest three hours of your life, I promise. I look forward <laughs> yeah. to it. John Gilbert is, is with us here. When you talk about revenue, it's ticket revenue, that's the play-fly deal, that's uh, ad revenue, stadiums. What, what else might factor into that? Well, you, a, a multitude of things. Obviously, it starts with uh, ticket sales. Mm-hmm. So all the various sports that we sell tickets to, uh, it starts with Pirate Club Annual Fund. Uh, you venture into contracts, so you've got concessions contracts, pouring right contracts. You mentioned uh, Playfly and the multimedia rights mm-hmm. uh, contracts, um, licensing dollars. So uh, you know, if you buy a pirate T-shirt or a flag or you know something with our logo on it. Uh, you know, we're getting 12 to 14% off of that. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so all important revenue mm-hmm. pieces. Um, and then outside of those, from a fundraising standpoint, you have true philanthropic dollars. And last year we had the best year in the history of uh, the Pirate Club. Uh, you know, Ryan Robinson and then the staff of the Pirate Club have done a remarkable job with uh, – you know, cultivating and and uh, inviting our donor base to participate, and, and so all those play into it. We we received the largest gift ever uh, this year from Van and Jennifer Isley, mm-hmm. and, and really, if you look back over uh, our tenure here, uh, I think we've we've uh, cultivated the six top gifts in the history of the right. Pirate Club. So uh, those things are going exceptionally well. Uh, campaigns going well, but that those are all the things that factor into, you know, revenue. And, and it's really important for this regard. You, you know, on on one side, if if uh, our CFO, well, I have a panic attack when I say this, <laughs> but but you know, you'd love to go. Hey, it's free. Everybody come. We're going to have this unbelievable right. atmosphere. Right. But the reality is that helps fund what you're doing. Sure. So the the most competitive programs in the country, they're well funded. And so the more that revenue that you can generate to help fund your programs, the better off they are. And and there's a balance with this. I'm not saying the the most funded team wins the national championship. If that were the case, Texas would win in football right. every year. Right. It's a balance. You have to be funded well enough. And, and so the more that we can generate revenue and fund our programs, uh, the better off we are. We, we know where baseball is when compared to the conference. I assume yeah. it would stay there with these new conference yes, it, teams coming in. Yes, it's number one. Yeah, it would stay in that spot. That's correct. Where are our other programs, most notably football and men's basketball? Yeah, I, I would say we're probably closer to middle of the pack now. You know, in the old AAC, I would say we're more towards bottom third. Mm-hmm. I, I think in the new look uh, AAC, we're, we're in that, you know, out of 14 teams, we're probably in that five, six, seven range from a overall general funding standpoint. There is John Gilbert, ECU Director of Athletics, is our uh, guest. It's great to have him uh, here. Uh, as you look at, well, I, I don't want to get too far away from the fundraising because I know that that's really, really important in the 
Isley Gift. I mean, that's yeah. remarkable. There's been some tremendous uh, gifts and generosity this year. Harold Varner most recently uh, with uh, a very notable gift uh, as well. well. Let's talk a little bit about that with Harold. Was that? I'm sure that's these things take some time, but uh, but how did all that sort of come together? Well, they do take time. And really, when you talk about uh, an investment, like when someone makes an investment like uh, the Isleys or the Clark family or Harold Varner, it takes time to process those. You, you know, meaning you, you go visit with them and you lay out your vision and what you want to do with the funds right. and how you do it. So Harold didn't win a big live tournament and then come down and write, bring you all the big check. No, right. no, we, we, have been, <laughs> we have been talking and working with them for a very long time. Like, um, you know... I would say year and a half to two years, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about something like that because, you know, just like you, if you if you were, you and your your spouse were going to make a huge purchase. You, she does all the time, by the way. Yeah, no, I mean a really oh, big oh, purchase. Okay, okay. Well, she does all the time, by uh, the way. You're, you're going to take time to process right. that and analyze it and what does this mean and, uh, so those things take time, and you really have to cultivate the relationship. And uh, I think, um, you know, we've done a good job cultivating relationships with our donors uh, that that we're starting to see the fruits of the labor of the Pirate Club. Uh, you, you know, you're starting to see these types of gifts come through. We've uh, got John Gilbert with us uh, here. Where are we on the... The indoor practice, the infamous uh, indoor practice facility project. I know you've talked about this recently, but you know, different audience might be good to to repeat that. As uh, John Gilbert, ECU director of athletics, is with us here in studio today. So, wh where are we there, John? So, so I'm really pleased with where we are. Uh, I think the project is going to be somewhere between 22 and 25 million dollars. Would be my guess. Um, we're right at 15 million, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so we we have you know somewhere in the eight to 10 million range uh, to to close, and and I think that's certainly doable. Um, you know, we need more people to to participate in yeah. the campaign. The, the number that you gave of pirate club members who've given. It was just a. I was shocked how that percent. Well, I'll just say it. How low that percentage was. Yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, w look, we just started. So, so right. the, no, yeah, I, I the, the campaign yeah. is about a year old. Right. And, and so, I'm very pleased with where we are. I think of the 60 million campaign. You know, we're a little north of 20 million. Right. So very, very pleased with where right. we are. But it was just stunning to hear that, because you know, that's a lot of money from a small amount. Of, of it, it is. And, and I think people don't realize that every gift matters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's probably some people sitting at home thinking, oh, I only have this much to give. That really won't matter. It, it really does matter because, you know, you look at compounding uh, th those gifts uh, it, it makes a huge difference, and so we're going to continue to to beat the drum and, and get people to participate. When you look to it, there's about 6,600 current pirate club. Uh, we're, uh, just a little hair north of 6,000. Okay. Let's call it six even. Okay. You know, when you look at living alumni, that's you know again a, a number that is percentage wise not as, as great as you would you would hope. 
we all know how Clemson built the theirs. I mean, is, has there been some discussion ever of, you know, let's do, I know there's something for graduates that's yeah. a little on the on the lower side. Has that been bandied about? I, I know on the list of things that need to be accomplished, it's not near the top, but but I'm just curious to get some insight into well, that. Well, I do think our actual number of Pirate Club members is pretty healthy for a school like us. Uh, our student pirate club is very healthy right. for for a school like us. Uh, so, so I'm really pleased with where that is. We we just need the other individuals that are in the pirate club to, you know, consider making gifts to the campaign. And, and, I, and yeah, and I just think back to again. There's even at a low level. It's it's it, important. It, I, I really don't care what the right. amount is. <laughs> you, you know, the right. more participants that we right. have. Uh, the better off that we're going to be, and, and we do have that. Like I don't, no, sure. yeah. Right. Uh, it, it's not just people giving uh, gifts that put their name on the building. Like we we do have had several, you know, gifts that are very generous from individuals that um, you know are, are uh, lesser amounts, but just as impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, football ticket. Sales, season ticket sales. I uh, saw a number on that the other day, and that looks really healthy. It, it is healthy. Now, it is not where we need to be. Uh, what we need to be in that fifteen, sixteen thousand range. We're right. I think we just uh, eclipsed thirteen thousand. Mm-hmm. Now, we also, I do know, we've got a lot of people that just renew late. Right. You know, we can we can remind them and send that, you know, 50th email to renew or <laughs> or phone call. They're, right. they're going to renew in August. And so we understand that. Uh, but it is really important for us to be in that 15,000, 16,000 range financially. And then everybody talks about, oh, we're going to get forty or 50,000 people in Dowdy-Ficklin for this game. Well, if and we're not there, but if you only sell 10,000 or 12,000 football season tickets, it is really hard to get 40 or 50,000 people to sell that many single-game tickets. So the more season tickets that we can sell, the better. You know, you can get a season ticket for as low as $99. It's a valuable investment, and uh, you can see a lot of good football. Yeah, absolutely. There is... uh Sports gambling has passed. Uh, I want to ask maybe about the broader question of that in a bit, but there's money due to ECU out of that. It's 300000 a year. It's a good amount of, of money. In the budget, it might be a little bit of a drop in the bucket, but just money that can be applied to various things in the athletic department, that's pretty good to, to be able to count on that. And I would hope it would grow in time you know, annually. Where are you as far – are there any restrictions on that money, or have you delved into all of that yet? You, you know uh, – I use the the best analogy I use is we're not going to count our chickens before they hatch, it, and and so, um, you know, as, as you look at the gambling bill, I, I think that uh, we're going to have to do a lot of education mm-hmm. uh, to a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, not just our student athlete coaches and staff. I think we're going to have to do some education to the larger university community mm-hmm. uh, about what it means. And, and then I think uh, the other word that comes to mind is integrity. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that we are managing uh, the integrity of what we're doing. You know, our, our student athletes, coaches, and staff, you know, per NCAA rules, they, they cannot 
wager right. on, on sporting events. And so I want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence for that. I've not remotely thought about the funding of it because I think we've got to take care of those other things right. first uh, before we even have a discussion about where that goes. Would you, if the opportunity, I mean, could you see where, because sports books are going to be placed in, now they're generally professional venues. You've you got to think there's going to be push at some point to, to want to put something in a college uh, venue. And, and, and I won't, you know, PNC is essentially a college venue with NC State being there. How would you, just hypothetical, I mean, is that a little of a bit of an uneasy feeling to say we would want to put one of those in the tower? Yeah, I, I probably would be a little hesitant to do that. Uh, I think it is, you know, it's certainly a topic we're going to have to deal with on a, a daily basis, and I'm very sensitive about it, um, but, but I'm not sure going to put a – a sports book in Dowdy Ficklin would be the right, right. thing. You, you know, if you look at it institutionally, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we are a place of higher education. Um, I'm not sure a sports book, um, you know, would belong on a college venue at this time. Would any potential partnerships, I mean, it's a little easier for professional sports. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of things with the college. But it, it, this is all coming. Uh, if, if whoever wanted to partner with the conference or with with East Carolina, wh- what what steps might be taken to look into some of that? Well, I, I think the first thing you're going to see is a the the educational component yeah. and the monitoring component. Like, how are we monitoring what our coaches and student athletes are doing? That's going to be a really big piece, and. I, I think it's one of those things, you know, certainly there have been point-shaving uh, scandals at multiple institutions, and, and I think you're, you're going to have, you know, athletic directors, you know, concerned that, hey, we, we don't want this to happen on our watch at our institution. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think you're going to see, um, you, you know, the whole educational integrity uh, peace, making sure that uh, we are doing our due diligence on, on those two fronts. One other thing that kind of involves you, involves ECU, you're going to go on the selection committee for baseball. Yes. Uh, and uh, that's a multiple-year appointment. Yes. Uh, what what has been your orientation period, or, or is there one, and, and when does all that officially begin? Um I, I think the biggest thing I'd probably tell our fan base is I won't be in the room right. when they discuss e, uh, ECU. Sure. Uh, I, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. You're, you're excited that you're on the baseball committee, and then you immediately think, okay, if the baseball committee sends ECU to the West Coast for a regional, <laughs> I am going to be public enemy number one. Uh, right. You know, um, I have had a couple education uh, days on the baseball committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it'll be a good deal of work in the spring. And, you know, when the when the conference tournament rolls around and, and really, uh, you know, you'll be in Indianapolis working on the selection of the teams. And then, obviously, uh, you'll be in Omaha for the College World Series. And, and so... Uh, I've been to the College World Series three times with a previous institution. It is an unbelievable event. I would put it up against a lot of things uh, that I've been able to experience in intercollegiate athletics. It, it is special. Uh, but I'm looking forward to going on the committee. 
uh, I think it will help to understand how things work, uh, and then obviously have a voice in the room as as it you know relates to baseball and the national landscape. We need to take a break. Are you good to? I'm to, good. Hold okay. on. All right. Well, we'll have more John Gilbert uh, right after these words. Download the new IBX Media app now and get the show for your ears and eyes. Doesn't it look great on me? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. For those of you on the video feed, John and I were middle school dance distance, apparently, in our opening shot. Now we're a little closer. So maybe this is more prom distance. I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've been to the dance. So, You know, I didn't notice. Are we live now? We are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, I didn't notice this the other day because I just came in and sat down. Like, you know, when, when Steve and I go came over, mm-hmm. like I'm just noticing how big the letters are and hoist the I know. Colors. Can you believe that? Like, do you think that was negotiated in? And I'm looking at your graphic. It's not near as big. And, I, and I'm just going to tell you, like, I deal with this every day right. with head coaches. Right. You know, I I think you should have a discussion. Like, yours well, should be bigger? just as, well, just as big. Uh, now, uh, I will say the size really doesn't matter. Right. Well, uh, I was going to say. But, but yes. I, I do think his hoist the colors, man, that's awful big compared to. Uh, well, you have to question the, the man that wants a graphic that big to begin yeah, with, yes. right? Yes. Right? Right. So, so no, we we love Stephen, and I'm kidding, of course. Uh, you know, John, I'm I'm I try to be low maintenance. That's good. No eco, L- low, low maintenance. Low maintenance is yes. good. We all like yeah. low maintenance. I try to be low maintenance. So I'm just ha- I'm happy to be here with you today. It's exciting. I'm to happy be to be here. Uh, John Gilbert is with us. I want to ask you, uh, and forgive me for not knowing this off the top of my uh, head, but I know Chancellor Rogers, who I love, and I think is is fantastic. For the university, he has uh, kind of a newly assumed position within the conference this year. He does. He he is the uh, chair of the presidents in the okay. American Athletic Conference. Well, so what was that? What is that role for him? And and uh, I mean, he the good news is huge sports fan. So he, he is. We're, uh, we're we're fortunate. You know, the the chancellor has provided great stability uh, in his time here. I think it is hugely beneficial that he grew up here. Uh, you, you know, he saw firsthand, you know, growing up uh, how important this institution is to, you know, not only Greenville but Eastern North Carolina. And so a huge plus. He, he'll really be a liaison uh for the presidents uh, dealing with the conference office. So really good position uh, for him to be in. Let's talk some global college things, because I think you have great insight into this. And, you know, when we hear things about the ACC, they want this, they want that, I think, you know, East Carolina would be happy to take that level of money. Right. and Or even a portion of that level of money and do something uh, with it. So uh, plenty we could talk about there. Where, where is the conference allocation for the TV to where what does it go up to and where is it currently well we are in as good a conference as, as we can be in as far as and I'm just using the term group of five conferences right. like you know we are getting uh, the most conference financial distribution than anyone else by far like not close uh, so really happy where we are Obviously, if you just look at the the college landscape, I don't want to say everyone, but most everyone has one eye looking at, man, that would be a really nice neighborhood for us <laughs> to live in. Right. 
and, and so you're seeing you're seeing that take place, and a lot of it is driven by the finances. And there is a huge disparity, and I'm just talking globally here. The SEC and the Big Ten have left everyone else financially. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a trickle-down from that. Uh, and, and so, you know, if you're an ACC school and you're getting – you know, ballpark generally $35 million a year per school, and you're looking at the SEC and the Big Ten, and they're getting $55 million, right. that or is more. a big difference. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think you're getting schools that are in these other leagues that are big brand national-type schools. They're looking and saying, man, I, I, can't, I can't take – that much of a hit financially right. for very long, or we're going to get left behind. And so I think you're seeing this this general uneasiness and in, in motion. And, and then I think the other thing that if you look at, you know, we there used to be a lot of collegiality uh, in athletics, and you know what's good for the league is good for everyone. And and now it it really is we're we're in a period of every man for himself. Is that because just naturally the footprint doesn't lend itself to that as you put it congeniality among? I I think it is more the money okay. that that's being well, driven yeah, the the money and the exposure. Right. And so you you have all these schools that are going, hey, you know, I really like where we are and and it's good, but. I get I got an opportunity to flirt with this right. partner over here. Let's go flirt. Right. And, and so uh, I think you're going to see this for the next little while uh, until everything really kind of settles. What is the number that ECU was getting uh, from the media deal, and then what is it next year? We'll, uh, you know, conference distribution, we're going to get somewhere in the $7 million range okay. or north of that. Right. Uh, so... For, for a league like ours, pr- pretty darn healthy. Will the new schools get that amount off no, the No, they're on a reduced amount right. uh, for, for a period of time, and then after a period of years, then they'll get into a full share. But but the way this works is uh, if you know one, two, or three schools decide to leave and go to another league, you could have a redo or a look-in of the right. TV contract and – it it could be, um, you know, who knows where that falls. The bottom line is, if you're the ACC or if you're the American, ESPN needs these conferences to be good, and they need them to be strong because it's part of their programming. Uh, absolutely. They they want the best product that they can get on the field. So the, the better we are competitively, the more uh, advantageous it is for ESPN. Could you see inevitably a, a deal, depending on where, school, East Carolina, whoever lands, that's like a Boise deal where you maybe you control your own home rights. Is, it, is there any, or are we just too far gone from that being a reality? Well, I, and, and, and let me just add, sorry to interrupt you, but let me just add to that. Are you in such a undesirable neighborhood at that point that, that you know, you're better off, again, kind of being in the deal you are? Yeah, I, I actually, it's a double-edged sword because... You know, short of Notre Dame, there are no more independents. Right. You know, and, and so Notre Dame can can go out and get a lot of money of, from NBC. 
I I do think that regional TV, you know, the old Raycom right. or Jefferson Pilot, Bally's, yeah. all, all those. Mm-hmm. I think football-wise, you could actually put together some pretty competitive packages. The problem is, you know, you've got to find people to play. And, and so it would be very difficult for a mid-major type school to go out on their own and do that themselves. You you, you kind of went with the scheduling, so I'm going to turn to the scheduling yeah. uh, here and we can get back to some of the, the, the larger college you know, issues uh, in a bit. Um, you said last week that shy, and we've talked about this before on, on different shows, shy of intervention by the General Assembly, it does not, and we've been there before many times over the years, uh, ECU has. Uh, will East Carolina find themselves playing NC State or, or North Carolina? And, and short of that, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I will say this, Senator Jim Perry from Lenore County, and represents other counties in the East, spoke to that in an interview the other week uh, with one of the Raleigh radio stations, 99.9, there. And he is an NC State guy, but also is someone who believes that ECU should be playing fairly regularly uh, NC State and and USC. It is a very complex issue. Sure. Um, And And I'm sure you're asked that as one of the many top ten questions you get. And really my response uh, the other day, it wasn't like short of the General Assembly. It just was short of political pressure. Okay. Um, Right. I don't. I don't see them coming back to play us. And and there are a lot of factors to that. N- number one, we're good. You, you know, right. like they don't look at us like maybe they look at some other schools. Like, hey, we'll go play them because we're pretty sure, hey, we can go beat them at their place and uh, we can beat them at our place. Right. So that's a win-win for us. So we're competitive where they know, hey, I don't really want to go into that environment. So it makes it really difficult. And then if you look at the larger scale of teams that are trying to get in the playoff. So this is all coming based on where the the playoff expansion is. It's now at 12 teams. Mm -hmm. So everybody's looking of... I want to put myself in the position. I want to get one of those 12 spots. Well, if you look at the SEC and the Big Ten, and and I'm talking generally here, the, the bottom half financially of the SEC, those schools, they will play a home and home with the school because financially they're not spending the money to buy that school. Right. You, you know, they'll go right. home they're and not, home. Yeah, they're not going to spend that, write the check. But, but most everyone else, right. they they are not going on the road. Like, they'll play a neutral site game, mm-hmm. and then they're going to buy three games and then go into their conference schedule. Is Charlotte a, a, a piece that could be in play here uh, to, to maybe get some of those series, even if it's a neutral site only game. Well, well I'm like interested in, in you know having a game or two in Charlotte. Right. I'm not interested in moving a game out of right. Greenville to Charlotte. But I mean, if you could do a home neutral, neutral or you know, home yeah, away neutral. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to look at those again. No one wants, they're not going to want to come to Greenville. <laughs> okay. So, right. so, you know, then we'll have to decide, do we want to play a buy game and get really paid, right? Like we're doing this year, or 
do you want to go to play a you know CFA lesser team will come play a right. neutral site game in like a Charlotte, which is a great venue, and and I think that we can attract some games there. I just think you know past 2028 is the last time we have NC State here. Uh, and we don't, in my mind, have a premium game past 2028, it is very difficult to get those teams to come here. Mm -hmm. And we're trying. uh, We're making calls. It it is a difficult proposition based on, you know, where we are right now. I mean, are you – Mike Houston doesn't want to hear this, so if you're listening, Coach, switch the – switch it off, switch the – don't watch like Henry or, or listen on the radio. But, I mean, are you two for one? Is that a discussion or is that You just... know, we, we, we've actually had a, lot, we had a discussion about this very thing today. I, I don't love it. Uh, right. You, you know. But it, it might be the cost price of doing business. It, uh, potentially. I, I'm not ready to schedule one yet. Okay. It, and, and I think if you'll look at. Some of these two for ones, um, and that's where where I think Charlotte could be a piece of the yeah, equation. Yeah, and, and so it, the gist on two for ones is basically we'll go to this school twice, uh, and they'll, they'll <laughs> and they may <laughs> they may never come here. It, well, well, you'd put the buyout as such right. where they pretty much right. are forced okay. to. Um, it's something I wrestle with, right? Uh, but because I hate, you, you know. When you go on the road to, to, let's call it, 80 to 90% of the time you go on the mm-hmm. road, you're, you're an underdog. Right. So, so I don't, like at the end of the day, winning games is important. Sure. You want to put your team in the best position to win games. And look, we all want to play a competitive schedule, but I'd also say there is a balance to it. Um and so I want to have a balanced schedule. Right. Uh, and, and sometimes that's really difficult with, you know, the hands you're dealt or you right. inherit some, some things that are out of your control that you have to deal with. I do think having Charlotte in the league can become that, that sort of marquee uh, game uh, or one game that fans could look forward to. I do like the App State series more than I, I might have a few years ago because I, I, I do think that's – the regional component of that yeah. is, is exciting. And I think there's some value in playing Old Dominion, which is uh, on the schedule quite a bit. Well, I, I do like if you just look at the general components of the schedule in an ideal world, you'd you'd like a Power 5 game. You, you'd like a group of five game on the road. you like a group of five game at home. And you'd like to play an FCS. Right. Ideally, that's what you would like. Uh, now, it doesn't always work out like that because of a variety of things. Uh, next year, not this coming year, but next year, uh, you know, where there's there were some things contractually where we had uh, BYU coming mm-hmm. to us. Well, uh, it, there was some language in the contract that said if they move leagues, they can move the game without penalty and wow. you know do all these things. Yeah. So we had to move that game back a year. Well, that happened, you know, like. Scheduling, football scheduling, if you told me I needed to go get a game in 2024, not this coming football season, but the following season, I would tell you right now without looking at it, there's probably only one to two teams available. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's not many. Right. And so 
when BYU, we had to slide BYU a year, th- there were like three teams. It was like New Mexico, right. Utah State, and Liberty. Yeah. And, and I'm sure people not familiar with scheduling went, well, let's go get, you know, pick right. a school. Right. You know, why won't you, why didn't you put them on the schedule? Well, people schedule so far in advance. It really was those three plus Liberty. Well, it made sense. Hey, they're right up the road. Uh, that's probably a game that, that right. we, we should get. Yeah. Uh, John Gilbert's with us. The hour's flying by. Uh, we'll take a break. Can you stay for at least one more I segment? I can stay the whole time. All right. So the three-hour odyssey continues. No, I'm <laughs> kidding about that. Uh, John Gilbert uh, will be with us, and uh, we'll talk more uh, about the Pirates and uh, college athletics right after this. We are. We are. We are. Riding shotgun with you on the drive home. It's so This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. We're solving the world's problems. John Gilbert and I are right here. The show between the segments is the show, I tell you. That's the show. Um, the new conference. Yep. Uh, everything will start here in a few days uh, with these institutions. H- how do you feel their position to succeed in the American? Well, a couple schools stand out, uh, and I'm just going geographically here, not not really in any particular order. Certainly you have to look at FAU with the run they made in the Final Four. They've got mm-hmm. everybody coming back. Now, I think it will be interesting to watch. You know, they were very much a under-the-radar, playing with a chip on their shoulder, you know, right. kind of grind-it type team. Sure. That now they're going to be at the top of the pyramid and be a, a one of the hunted. Right. And, and so and I, they'll I, probably start you're in the top ten, but in reality, they're probably a top twenty five, top thirty caliber team yeah, on it, paper. Yeah, it, it'll going be in. interesting to watch. But right. and interesting to watch, not that they're not super talented. Sure, they right. are, but but the the dynamics changing, and and so uh, when when you go from hey uh, we're we're going to be at the bottom of the pack and we're going to fight our way to the tr- to the top, the team dynamic is completely different than. Hey, you're picked number one, and you've got all these players coming back. The second school that that comes to mind is UAB. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've invested a lot there. Uh, it, it is. That's a great stadium. It's a very nice stadium. Um, you know, they've been very competitive in football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they can step into the league and be competitive uh, pretty quickly. Uh, and then, if, as you look out west. You know, North Texas has done a lot of investing, and, and they're unique in, like, they have, like, 40,000, 45,000 students. Oh, wow. And, and so they've got an indoor football building. They've got some – they've been really competitive in basketball. Like, they have they have the funding uh, to be competitive right away. And, and so I think those three schools really come to mind – uh, and then obviously UTSA. Mm-hmm. UTSA, I think they're preseason top 25 and had a great run in football. Uh, if anyone's going on a road football trip this year, that would be the trip I'd tell you to go to. Uh, downtown San Antonio, the right. Riverwalk. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the Alamo Dome. Uh, it's a pretty neat spot. Uh, it could be a pretty good weekend. Conspicuous by their absence, there is Charlotte. How how positioned do you think they put a lot of money into NIL? Yeah, they've made a, a a change in football with their coaching situation. They're very excited about that. 
Basketball is a little bit of a disorganized mess right now with Sanchez up and leaving abruptly. So, but but on the whole, how do you feel they're positioned? Well, well I feel really well. I, obviously, they're in a uh, great city. Uh, you know that they have uh, certain advantages for being in a city uh, that large. You know, by the number of people that they can attract to their institution. And I think it's really going to be good for us for them to be in the league. It, it's going to be nice to be able to get on a bus right. to go to a conference game. And I've been a part, you know, I spent 20-plus years in the SEC where you could bus to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And, and it does create uh, rivalries. And, and I'm not saying it's going to be a rivalry in year one. But I think it's going to be one of those healthy rivalries that we can create. Uh, I know Charlotte is investing. You know, they hired a new new staff on, mm-hmm. on football. Uh, they're, they're, they will be competitive. Uh, so lo- looking forward to playing them and developing that, that rivalry. When you hear conference expansion and you hear SMU, who's always shopping, it seems like, their wares. Uh, they're, they're, I don't know how many calls they're receiving. They're sure as heck making a lot, it, it seems like. From, from your standpoint, uh, you know, and again, it's every man for himself, but, uh, you know, what, what is your reaction when you hear those, whether they're substantiated or unsubstantiated uh, reports? Well, I, I think that, you know, every institution is unique and have their own particular selling points. Mm-hmm. And I think as, it, as you look at SMU uh, and their alumni base, their donor base, they, they are very financially well-to-do. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to remember when, when you join a league, you're a new member of a league, you, you are paying to exit your league a significant amount of money, mm-hmm. all right? When you join the league, you're paying to join the league. You know, usually a couple million, but, but it's real money. Yeah. It, and then typically you go through several years where you don't receive a full share of distribution. So wh- when all those things happen, you need money, and you need a lot of it because not only do you have to pay to exit enter, you're also paying, hey, I'm not getting the normal revenue distribution, so every year I'm going to have to invest X number of reoccurring millions Mm -hmm. to operate our budget. And and so a school like SMU, they can afford to do that. I want to ask you about NIL. Um, Can we get one more break in and come back and do that? I'm going to stay to the bitter end. He's staying to the bitter end, folks. All right, John Gilbert, uh, we're going to talk about Portal. We're going to talk about uh, NIL and uh, what John's doing on summer vacation. He's going to get asked that. You'll want to find out next. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off. But it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. John Gilbert is here, as we promised for the whole hour. By golly, he has stayed here. Uh, NIL. It's it, it's one of the good, bad, it's change, and it's here. Well, we have a collective, Boneyard Collective, that is doing uh, really well in mm-hmm. town. Uh, it's something that... Um, you know, it's certainly a big change in our industry and something we have to deal with. I'm supportive of it. And, um, 
you know, want to continue to grow it where our players can benefit for it. Do you see the NCAA intervening on any level? I, I don't see them intervening as much, and I'm not sure how much congressional help we'll get. I think we can figure it out on our own. There are just so many competing factors, and right. th- there is such a disparity. It, it's, it really is the haves and the have-nots, and it is pay-for-play. They can call it whatever they want. It's pay-for-play. If you were coaching, what would be your philosophy in the portal? Oh, if I was coaching, you, you know, I think you have to have balance in, in, in this regard. Um you, you have to develop your roster. I, I believe the the most stable rosters are those that, you know, you sign high school kids, you grow them, you develop them, they, they become older, and you sprinkle in a, a few transfers. I think that's the best recipe for a roster from a dynamic standpoint. It is very difficult from a chemistry standpoint to – you know, go in the portal and you get 22 new players every year and expect them all to come in and play at a high level. It right. just doesn't happen. And there's the whole chemistry. Yeah, like I, I would equate it to, like you look at the All-Star game, mm-hmm. the NBA All-Star game. You know, first of all, they don't play defense, and that's <laughs> right. not really what I meant. But there's only one basketball, and you got all these players, and they, they really don't have chemistry. Mm-hmm. That's what I would equate it to right. if, if a coach went, hey, we're going to the portal exclusively. I think you've got to mix it in. All right, so we're at the end of the fiscal year, the academic year, athletic year, so will there be a little recharge, the battery time for the Gilberts? Yeah, I, I'm taking a little trip, uh, going to get away, uh, probably a place where – uh, they will not know who I am, nor care. Uh, and you're fine with that. And I'm okay with that. And, and hopefully my phone will not work as much. Uh, but but it's, you know, you, you really do want balance in your life. I really don't have a whole lot of balance. Right. Uh, it's tough to achieve in this industry. It, 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 I have not, I've done a very poor job right. with it. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting away, spending time with the family, and recharging. And... Uh, Two children that uh, want to enter the fray. Yeah, uh, son just finished Tennessee with his undergrad in That's sport awesome. administration, yeah. um, and daughter just finished her master's degree uh, in higher ed administration. Was a GA in the Georgia athletic department. She's uh-huh. looking uh, for a, a position in athletics. Have talked to a few people. That's great, and um, you know, excited for them. Uh, about that, and glad they're here in Greenville for a short time. There you go. Well, there, there that's part of it right there, isn't it? Yes. Family dinners around the table. Absolutely. We're going to let you go so you can get to one of those family dinners. Well, thank you. So, thank you for coming in for the hour. It was uh, tremendous. I didn't plan on keeping you this long, but uh, it's always great to talk to you. So. Well, thanks for having me, and go Pirates. John Gilbert, uh, speaking of talking, Donnie Kirkpatrick tomorrow. There will not be a shortage of words in that conversation. He, he will be colorful. He's always, I love Coach uh, Donnie Kay. Uh, thanks to Clark Willis, thanks to John Gilbert, and thanks to you. We'll uh, see everybody in the morning on Talk of the Town, and then back here tomorrow with uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick on the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a good evening, everybody.
your next fishing trip, head to Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, just outside of Greenville on Marine.